0: In most of the world's prestigious universities, professors usually teach us that Karl Marx was the father of sociology, that Herodotus was the man to thank for historiography, and that Adam Smith created modern day economics. What if I told you though, that these disciplines were actually founded and mastered by a Muslim Arab Andalusian known as Ibn Khaldun? And here's the story of how he did it all. I know it's hard to believe he wasn't German or British, but bear with me for a couple of minutes. Abu Zayd Abd rahman ibn Muhammad ibn Khaldun al-Hadrami clearly had a very long name but he also had a crazily adventurous life let's start from where he was from ibn Khaldun was born in 1332 AD in Tunis, Tunisia he came from an affluent and powerful Andalusian family Andalusia referring to an era when most of Spain and Portugal was under Muslim rule his family resided in the city of Seville and held a lot of status in the city but they became refugees following the fall of Seville to Christian forces in 1248. Khaldun's parents resettled on the other side of the Iberian Peninsula in Tunisia. Interestingly, in his own autobiography, Ibn Khaldun reaffirmed that he was of Arab descent from the Hadramut clan in Yemen, pointing out that one of his ancestors was a companion of Prophet Muhammad. This line of ancestry and his origins are disputed though. If you know Arabs, we all have an ancestor from Saudi Arabia or Yemen, who was a companion of the Prophet. But Ibn Khaldun was special, so we let him have it. In Tunis, his family was treated very well by the Hafsid dynasty. His father became an important administrator of the city, until he eventually quit and committed his life to Islamic studies and letters. Both his parents died when Ibn Khaldun was only a teenager, due to the arrival of the Black Death, a plague-like disease that wiped out millions. But his family's legacy was long-lived, and so Ibn Khaldun had the privilege of being tutored by the best. He studied Quran studies, Arabic linguistics and classical Islamic studies. He even memorized the entire Quran from a very early age. He also studied mathematics and philosophy under the guidance of Tlemjain philosopher Al-Abili and was drawn to the works of Arab philosophers and polymaths like Averos, Razi and Avicenna. Ibn Khaldun was obsessed with gaining political power. In his autobiography, he described a vivid picture of a maze-like political environment he had to navigate in his own scintillating version of House of Cards. At 20, he became seal-bearer in the government of Ibn Tafarkin, then ruler of Tunisia. But early on, the government he was working for was toppled by a man named Sultan of Constantine, Abu Ziyad. Khaldun and his tutor left Tunis for Fez, Morocco there he became clerk in the court of Marinid sultan abu Inan ferris i but he tried to topple his own government and was slapped with more than a year in prison but thankfully for him the sultan died and he was freed an ambitious schemer khaldun's big break finally came after sultan abu Selim handed him a ministerial job but a few years in ibn khaldun fell out with him as well and moved to granada in spain in andalusia the sultan of granada nasrid muhammad v appointed him as a diplomat to the court of Pedro the Cruel, King of Castile. He was tasked with brokering a peace deal with the Spanish king, who was impressed with the skills of Ibn Khaldun, and even tried to recruit him, unsuccessfully though. And you know what happens next, Ibn Khaldun fell out with his boss again, this time the vizier of the Sultan of Granada, Ibn al-Khatib. He was driven out of Granada and sent to North Africa. He settled in the port city of Bougie, where he was warmly welcomed by Abu Abdullah, the Hafsid Sultan. He appointed Ibn Khaldun as Prime Minister. The Sultan passed though, Ibn Khaldun got a new boss, once again they fell out, and once again he found himself in prison, in a tiring and ever shifting political climate. So he gave up the snakery and started writing, and what a scholar he turned out to be. His first and perhaps most important book was called Al Muqaddimah, or The Introduction. Some also refer to it as Ibn Khaldun's Prologamana. A pioneering text that brought us historiography, sociology, demography, and economics. His book pointed out how to distinguish historical errors, by highlighting the important role played by the state, communication, propaganda, and systematic bias. He stated that history is a philosophical science, and that historians should refute myths. He introduced the concept of Asabiyyah, translated as tribalism or clan. Asabiyyah declines another more compelling Asabiyyah may take its place, thus civilizations rise and fall, and history describes these cycles of Isabelia as they play out. If you know politics today, you know what he's talking about. It's going on everywhere, literally everywhere. He also wrote on economic and political theory. He elaborated on the division of labor, social cohesion, and economic growth. He noted that growth and development positively stimulate both supply and demand. And that the forces of supply and demand are what determine the prices of goods. Yeah, Ibn Khaldun, not Adam Smith bro. He even introduced the concept about taxes, popularly known today as the Laffer curve. The book also discussed Islamic law and jurisprudence, biology, alchemy and political theory. And you know what's crazy about all of this? He wrote this in just six months. Six months! Honestly, it's taken me longer to make a video and he meant for it to be the first chapter of his originally planned book. Imagine that, man invented hundred and fifty things and considered it an introduction. Oh and don't expect me to say the title of the original book, it's longer than his name. Noteworthy is that Ibn Khaldun's introduction is thought to be the foundation of social Darwinism and has had a tremendous influence on many scholars across the world including the famous renaissance author Niccolo Machiavelli. After he wrote the introduction, he used the trip to Mecca as an excuse to leave Tunis, and on his way he spent time in Alexandria, Egypt, which was a trip of a lifetime for Ibn Khaldun. Admired for his scholarly knowledge, Ibn Khaldun was made a professor at the Qamhaya Madrasa and a senior judge. Egypt was also much more politically stable than the raucous and shifty experiences he lived in Tunis, Morocco and Spain. As a judge, he worked hard to reform Egypt's justice system. Unfortunately though, the death of his wife and children in 1384 cast a dark cloud over his life. Haunted by the pain, he quit the madrasa. But he wasn't done yet. By 1400, he had become so respected he was asked by Egypt's sultan to travel to Damascus, Syria to be in charge of brokering a peace deal with Timur the Mongol conqueror who was besieging the city. Ibn Khaldun stood tall in front of Timur, gained his respect by discussing the culture of North Africa and the Arab people. Timur was pleased by Ibn Khaldun, and even provided time for the people of Damascus to prepare for the siege of the city. A merciful act that spared many only through the wisdom, genius, political aptitude of the legend, Ibn Khaldun. On March 1406, he passed away and was buried in Cairo. But his name, work and character lived on. Well, until today.